Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. So we are in the middle of our consecrated series, Pastor, Doctor, Apostle, Bishop, Steve will preach next week. He will bring us home. Amen. He will put a bow on it. He will seal this series next week. So I'm excited about that. Amen. Amen. So a consecrated series. So we, we have a, a, a definition um, for it. Um, it's to, vote, to, to devote something exclusively to a particular purpose. It means give, give him your, yourself. Give him your, your, your all. Um, give yourself to something bigger than you. Amen. That's awesome, right? <laughs> and then we have a workable definition. <clears throat> Last week we talked about a workable definition for con- consecration. is the action of pulling away from to cling to. See, we need to cling to Jesus. For those that were here last week, we showed a picture of, of Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. She was clinging to Jesus. So we need to pull away from, right, some unhealthy associations to cling to Jesus, right? So you can't get the best of Jesus if you're hanging on to some unhealthy associations, right? So we need to cling to Jesus. It's all about abiding, abiding. The Bible talks about we, we need to abide in Christ. If we abide in him, and then guess what? He will abide in us. So that means if we don't abide in him, will he abide in us? Abide in us? No. Right? So we need to abide in him, and he, he will abide in us. That means we need to cling to Jesus. If we don't abide, if we don't cling to Jesus, that we will have an underdeveloped relationship with God. And then when we face trials and difficulties in, in, in our lives, it will immediately stop our spiritual growth because we can't handle it. Because we can't fight spiritual things with a, a natural uh, mentality. Yeah. Right? You know, we're, you know the, 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 the Bible says we don't, we don't fight against flesh and blood. Yeah. Powers and principalities. This is like it's a spiritual battle that, that we're facing, right? It's hard to win spiritual battles when your relationship with God is in question. Yeah. Right? So we, it's hard to win those battles. See, I, I understand, I understand as a pastor, my first call is not to pastor. That's not my first call. My first call is my pursuit of God. Yes. That's my first call. Being a pastor is not my identity. My identity is the son of God. That's my identity. So I need to pursue God being a son of God. I need to pursue God as a son of God. Are you with me? Yes. See, we're living in a world where there's an epidemic of cultural Christianity. Yes. And we, we need to break that. Yes. We need to break that. Yes. A, a cultural Christian is a person that wears the label as a Christian, right, because of their uh, growing, um, um, growing up, 
right? The family went, went to church, so they said, well, I, I ought to go to church too. But there's no conviction behind it. There's no conviction of, the, of, of relationship with Christ. If they only go to church because of their family have, have gone to church. You only go to church because that's like the right thing to do. Like, I need, I need to go to church, but there's no relationship. So that's why you, you, you see people, they don't follow the word of God, right? But they, you know, you see them at church. Amen? Amen. So we need, to, we need to break that. So today we're going to focus on the power of the anointing. The power of the anointing. So some of you may be asking, what is the anointing? It sounds like a super church word. The anointing, the anointing. Sounds like a super church word. Well, the anointing is, a, is the supply of the uh, Holy Spirit. It's the supply of the Spirit of God, right? In Philippians 1.19, it says, <clears throat> excuse me, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. See, the word Paul used here, supply, it means to meet the situation. Like God's going to meet a situation, right? So the root word here is fully supplied. This signifies full provision for every circumstance. This means this is the endless supply of the spirit that is in Jesus Christ, and it will never run out. It will never run out. There's an endless supply of the spirit in this church. Come on, God's moving in this church. Guess what? That supply will never run out. It will never run out. God's moving in your life. It's somebody here today. In receiving what the Lord have to say to us today. See, God gives you an anointing so you can have an endless supply of the Spirit. See, the anointing is the presence of God, and it destroys anything that is not of God. See, when so so see when um, the so, so when depression and sickness and poverty meets head to head with the anointing, it is immediately destroyed. It is the, that's how strong the anointing, that's how powerful the anointing is. Is somebody with me this morning? Come on, we're heating up, we're heating up. See, the anointing, it builds, it strengthens, right? And it gives life and blessings to whatever God is saying and doing in your life. I'm going to say it again because maybe over there didn't really receive it. The anointing, it builds. It strengthens. It gives life and blessings to everything God is saying and doing in your life. They didn't really receive it. The anointing, it builds. It strengthens. And it gives life and blessings to everything God is saying and doing in your life. That's how powerful it is. That's how powerful the anointing is. It gives you power. It it strengthens you. It builds you up, right? Right? It builds you up. 
Amen? It strengthens you. It builds you up. It gives blessings. So everything God is saying and doing in your life, he's doing it with power. There's power behind that. Behind that. The anointing gives you to do what God is calling you to do with power. But here's the catch. The anointing doesn't come through association. It comes through consecration. The anointing doesn't come through association. It comes through consecration. Like you have to be with God. You have to be sitting at his feet. You have to have a relationship with him. You have to seek him. You must pursue him. It comes through consecration. It doesn't come through association. Just because you hang around with anointed Christians does not make you anointed. You're just something like a Christian. Something like one. Not quite one, like something like one. It doesn't come through association. Like you literally have to spend time with him to access that, 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 that anointing that's, that's in your life. That anointing that God gives us. Right? So, you, so you, do, you know, do you know that a powerful Christian is a dangerous Christian? Right? For the kingdom of hell. And someone that really understands the power of God in their life when they access that power. Things move. Things shift. You know, families change. Right? You break certain things that come against your family. When you understand that power of God, you understand that anointing that's on your life. I mean, you just break yokes and, 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 and destroy the enemy's plans. But conversely, a powerless Christian is very dangerous. Because you don't win battles and people are watching you. People are watching you. And then if we don't win battles, guess what? We give God a bad name. We give him a bad name. We're supposed to win battles. Yes. We're supposed to win, win a spiritual battles. But people would really frustrate me, if I can just share with you, maybe you can counsel me on, on this. It's really, it really bothers me. When people tell me that that's just how I am, but you continue to hurt people, that's not right. God is about transformation. And you, must, you cannot tell me that you've been with God when you hurt people all the time. You're not with God. You're not with God. I don't know what God you're with, but you're not with the God that I know that we talk about. It's not Jesus Christ. If, if you are with God, if when you have that encounter with God, you look different. You will walk different. You will act different. You will treat people differently. There's no way you will remain the same when you're with God. It frustrates me when people say, that's just how I am. That's not acceptable. How you are is not acceptable. It's not. I'm sorry. So we have to bow down to your ways. That's just that you come to church and then we have to accept who you are. Don't worry about it. That's just so-and-so. That's just how he, that's just how she is. Don't, don't, Don't worry about it. I can't ignore that. No, that's not right. We're supposed to make a difference. In a healthy way, in a good way, not in a negative way. If you're with God, you will change when you spend time with him. Right? You spend time with him. See, we confuse gifts 
as anointing. We confuse gifts as anointing. See, you can be gifted, but not anointed. Right? See, some of you have, have a gift to sing like I have. I, don't, I really don't know why you're laughing, but it's like some of you have the gift to sing, right? Some of you have the gift of prophecy, right, to, or to reveal knowledge. Some of you have the gift to preach and teach, but the gift means nothing without the anointing. It's a gift without power. It's a gift without power. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke, not the gift. See, without the anointing, all you're doing is putting on a show, entertaining the people and getting them in their emotions. We're good at that. We're good at manipulating a situation. But it's the anointing that brings the deliverance, not the gift. See, when David was anointed by Samuel, Saul got sick, and they asked David to come and play the harp. Now, David was very strategic as he was playing. David didn't rely on his gift. He relied on the anointing. So as he played the harp, the anointing just fell on Saul, right? And he immediately got delivered. There's a difference from your gifting and the anointing. The anointing is the thing that breaks up. The anointing is the thing that have have power. Amen. So all he had to do was just play. There was no singing. All he did was play the harp and then Saul was healed. Tell me that the anointing's not powerful. Yeah. I've, I've been trying to teach myself how to play the trumpet. Yeah. It's not working out too well. <laughs> It's not a gift, and I am not anointed. (laughs) Like, I feel bad for my dogs. Just when I pick it up, when they see me pick the thing up, they're like, (laughs) I am convinced, hear me out, I am convinced. When heaven hear me play the trumpet, the angels are like, God, 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 here, make him stop. Please make him stop. It's what we said, the Bible says, make a joyful noise. God, that's not joyful. We're trying to worship you, oh, mercy, worship you, God, worship you. But he's destroying our worship. Make him stop. God, this is your fault. Make him stop. Make him stop. This thing was really that bad. And you know it's bad because I, I believe that the devil is like cheering me on. He's just like, yeah, keep going. Come on, I love that sound. Come on, do that thing. Make that sound. Because then nobody getting healed off that sound. Ain't nobody getting delivered off that. People are just getting sicker every time that you play that trumpet. (laughs) Come on, keep playing that thing. Keep playing that thing. That's the only time I get encouragement from the devil. (laughs) Just saying. Just saying. (laughs) Uh, The anointing comes through consecration. So, if you will, just turn with me to John 2. John 2. We're going to start in uh, verse 1. 
Okay, you ready? So John 2. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana in, in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has yet to come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now, now there were six stone water jars there, uh, there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So I want you to underline that. Fill the jars with water. And, and they filled them up to the brim. And then they said to, to them, draw, now draw some out. I want you to underline that. Draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it when the master of the feast tasted the water, now became wine, and did not know where it came from. Though the servants who had drawn the water knew the master of the feast called the bridegroom. So I want us to... To, um, to learn two things from this text. Two things from this text I want us to, to get out, um, to learn from. All right, so the first one, we must put a demand on the anointing. I, when I read that, I thought, I just heard people shouting. It's like, oh, hallelujah, yeah. <laughs> put a demand on the anointing, yeah. But we must put a demand on the anointing. Yes. See, when <clears throat> uh, Jesus' mother Mary came to him, she saw there was a, a, a problem, and, and, and she shared the problem with him, and he, his response was like, you know, what does that have to do with me? You know, so she received a no, right? But, she, but, but I love her attitude when she received to no. She never got angry. She didn't get upset, right? Um, she, she didn't curse him out. I mean, she was his mom, so she could basically say anything to him, right? Um, but she didn't get fearful. She didn't get impatient. She just received to the no. And she just told the uh, disciples, in faith, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever she tells you. See, most of us get angry when we hear the word no from God. Right? Some of us get, get angry. You know, um, and, and a lot of times I found myself not concerned with his will, but only what I wanted. Yeah. Right? So sometimes when God tells us no, that means there's a yes around the corner. Yes. It's a yes around the corner. But not what you think, not really what you're asking, right? Because his ways are not our ways. Right? So we need to, so her trust in Jesus was the thing that released the miracle. See, the greater the, the demand, the greater the supply. The greater the demand, the greater the supply. Your faith puts a demand on the anointing. So any increase in supply demands on an increase of faith. Faith ignites the power of God. Right? So faith in God builds confidence and it moves mountains. That's how powerful our faith is. It ignites the anointing. 
It ignites the anointing. The kingdom of darkness is in trouble when we when, when come face to face, faith face with a confident believer. I say that again. The kingdom of darkness is in trouble when it comes face to faith, face. <laughs> Just face to face. Your faith in your faith. <laughs> When it comes face to face with a confident believer, the kingdom of darkness is in big trouble. Anything that is not of God will be destroyed. Amen? It's nothing like a confident believer. A confident believer. The kingdom of darkness is in trouble. That's the thing that, that puts a demand on the anointing. That's, that's the thing that ignites the anointing uh, in, on, in your life. Are you with me? See, I'm, I'm, we, we need to put a demand on the anointing today. See, I'm mad at sickness. I'm mad at depression. Right? I'm mad at poverty right now. We need to put a demand on anointing. That is not God. So today, that is going to come face to face with, with the presence of God today. Are you with me? Whatever you're going through right now, if it's fear, guess what? That is, that's not of God. So when you give it to God, when you come face to face with God, fear will immediately be broken. Will immediately... It would be broken. Are you with me? We need to put a demand on the anointing. We need to put a demand on the anointing. It's that endless supply that is in you. It's that endless supply of the spirit that is in you. Put a demand on the anointing. Is anyone receiving this today? I'm tired of sickness. I'm tired of seeing people bound. Christians, believers that trust God, that believe in God. I'm tired of them feeling held back in life. We, need, we ought to put a demand on the anointing. God revealed to me certain things that I'm still holding on. And he tells me why I'm still holding on to them. He said, because you have not put a demand on the anointing. Some of us always wait for God to tell us something. He said, it's already in you. Put a demand on the anointing. Amen. See, George and I was talking last week, and we were talking about people tend to make their problems an idol. Like we, make, we worship our, our problems. Like sometime in the midst of those problems, we forget who God is. Right? We forget who he is. We make our problems an idol. So if you read the, the book of, of Samuel, when the Israelites came to Samuel, and they wanted a king. They wanted a king. Samuel was so upset, and he went to God you know, to, 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 to reveal to him what was happening. And God, and God said to him, don't worry about it. It's not you. It's me that they're rejecting. It's me that re they're, they're rejecting. So a lot of times when we, when we uh, make our problems an, an idol, we reject God, wow. but then we ask God for something we already have. Or we ask for things we already have. You already have a savior. You already have a father. You already have a king of all kings. A lord of all lords. Why are you asking for another? He's been serving you. He's been blessing you all these years. Why stop now? 
He's, say, he's saying that don't, God was saying to Samuel, don't worry about it. they're not rejecting you. It's, it's me that they're, they're rejecting. And then they ask for something they already had. You have it. The answer lies within you. When you have a relationship, when you consecrate yourself, when you are sitting at the feet of Jesus, you have that endless supply of the Spirit. Endless supply of the Spirit. That is awesome. See, in my experience in ministry, I have come to believe that God supplies the Spirit through desperate inopportunity um, of faith. Paul is an example of that. Picture Paul in the prison, right? All these years chained up, right? And his, and, and, and his prayer was like, Lord, give me that supply of your spirit. Give me the supply of your spirit, right? He's like, give me the Holy, Holy Ghost. All I need is your joy and, and rest in, 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 in the midst of this trial. Uh, that give, me, give me that increasingly supply of your spirit. That's the only thing that will sustain me. Are you with me? That supply will give me everything. That supply of the spirit, that's all I need to get through this trial. All you need is that supply of the spirit to get through the trial. See, you, your prayer puts a demand on the anointing. See, it's what's behind the prayer. When, when there's faith behind the prayer, that's what makes it powerful. Amen. Amen? When you focus, so that means you're focusing on the word of God. Amen? Yeah. And so what's, what's behind? Your prayer puts, puts a demand on the anointing. Because you're, you're praying in faith. The Bible says pray without ceasing. When you pray, you, you, must, you must believe when you, when you ask God for something. It puts a demand on, on, on the anointing. Yes. It's like God said, yeah, they, they believe me. That ignites faith, ignites the anointing of God. Your hunger puts a demand on the anointing. The Bible says those who hunger and thirst after righteousness are blessed. Bless those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Why aren't we on fire for God any longer? Your hunger, your hunger ignites the anointing of God. Why aren't we hungry on fire for God? The Bible, I don't know, it says, bless those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. So we ought to pursue God at all times. We need to constantly be at his feet, pursuing him. God loves to be pursued. He loves to be pursued by hungry Christians that want to see change, not just for themselves, but things that are around them. Family members, co-workers, community. Some people have a vision to make a difference in the world, overseas. Right? It's that hunger and that thirst for more of God, more of God. Yesterday was not enough for me. I want more of God today. I want more of God today. I want to see God move more today. Amen? I don't want to be the same. I want to see his power manifest in this church. I want to see his power manifest 
in your life. I want to see God move. Anybody excited with me? See, anybody excited with me? See, you can put a demand on the anointing right now. See, I don't want to be the best preacher. I just want to be the anointed. I want to be anointing. Anointed. I don't want to be the best preacher. I just want to be anointed. Amen? So you could pull out the anointing. You could put a demand on anointing by trying to pull it out. Come on, are you with me or something? Are you excited what the Lord's doing? Are you receiving this word? Come on, say more, Pastor. We need more. Come on, help. Come on, put a demand on the anointing. God said he was going to move, but I'm not the only one responsible for God moving today. Come on, we're all responsible. God, God's going to move in this place today. We ought to put a demand on the anointing. This ain't regular church. This ain't regular church. We're not, we don't do regular church right now. We want to see impact. We want to see a move of God. I'm tired of Christians being in the same place that they were 20 years ago. That's not God. You don't need, you're not designed to be in bondage. You're not designed to be, we will get attacked because that's what Jesus said. He was attacked, amen, in his ministry, but he was, but he was able to be free. God, he died on a cross so that we can be free. Yes, we will face temptation. Yes, we will face trials, amen, but we have the power, that endless power within us to break free. Somebody got to wake up this morning. Wake up and put a demand on the anointing this morning. Put a demand on the anointing. Because if you break free, people around you can break free. Amen. Because you will go and you will send that message to everyone else that God is real and he is powerful. I don't care what you're going through right now. He is real and he was how he was going to come through in your life somebody put a demand on the anointing this morning you have things that you're praying about right now God say put a demand on the anointing put a demand on the anointing put a demand some of you have gifts right that's an unused gifts in your life God's saying that okay it's time to get those gifts off the shelf but I need you to consecrate yourself get with me be at my feet so I can make those gifts powerful that's good now you can serve with power Put a demand on the anointing today. Put a demand on the anointing today. I'm mad at sickness. I'm mad at depression. I'm mad at poverty. I'm mad at anger. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> Me and anger, yes. I'm mad at it. See, anger want to fight, I want to love. We need to put a demand on the anointing. God doesn't want you to stay the same. God doesn't want you to fight the same battles. He wants you to be stronger and get the victory. Once you, you move past that one battle, watch out for the other ones. Because now you know something. Now you've been through something. Now you're much stronger. Now you're more powerful, spiritually just, just powerful and ready for more spiritual battles in your life. Because now the anointing is on your life. Now the anointing is on your life. See, some people can just have a conversation with people and, 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 and deliver them, just with a conversation. Wow. It's not the words. It's not the intelligence. It's not the intelligence. It's not their gift. It's the anointing behind it. It's the anointing behind it, because that's the anointing is the thing that breaks yoke. Do you ever hear 
Pastor Emily, when she's not singing, singing a song, she's just, I don't know what you call it in, in, in worship, she's just, she's just worshiping. Do you, so what I sense, she has an amazing gift, but what I'm, what I'm attracted to is the anointing of it, and it brings us all in. And you know it's from God. You know she spends time with God. See, some singers are good singers, but they're not anointed. See, when you, we've always talked, we want, we want people, when they, when they sing and when, when they up there and worship, leading worship, is to minister the word of God as well. You minister the word of God as, as well. Because the, the, some, some people can get delivered just during worship. They don't need a message. They don't need people to lay hands on them. It's just the sound of worship. So if you're on that worship team, it's important that you know God. Not just know him. You spend time with him. And, and you become that anointed keyboard player, that anointed drummer, amen, that anointed singer, because that's the thing that's going to make a difference. It's the anointing. It's the, you can be an usher, but the most anointed usher there ever was. It's the anointing, right? So it's that touch. It's that conversation that you have with people, Right? that will make a difference in their lives. It's the anointing. We rely so heavily on our gifts, but it's the anointing that breaks yokes. It's the anointing. We need to put a demand on the anointing. So the second thing here I want us to, to learn is we need to walk out what you draw out. So, when you put a demand on the anointing, you draw out the power of God. So let's get back to our text, right? Jesus instructed the disciples to, to fill the jars with water. See, water represents the word of God. So people need to be filled with the word, and then you're able to draw out the power of God. You draw out that endless supply of the spirit. That's how miracles happen. So Jesus told them to fill the jars with water. Then he says to draw them out. He says to draw out the water. And he didn't, then he turned that water into wine. Are you with me? See, chooses, choosing to focus on God's word and expressing your faith and walking it out every day will activate the anointing of God in your life. So you walk out what you draw out. You walk out what you draw out. I had a hard time with this. I was like, God, what are you saying? He kept saying to me, walk out what you draw out. Walk out what you draw out. He says, whatever, whatever is in you, that's what you will walk in. So if you're drawing from your past experience, if you're drawing from bad experience, that's the thing that you will walk in, out. So if, if, so if you are, so if fear is in you, you will walk 
in fear. See, we must understand that fear is a liar, and all it does is activate the enemy. So it's like any time that you are feeling fearful, that's not God. So, you're, so, so where, wherever you're drawing from is what you're going to walk out. So, so if the word of God is in you, guess what? You're going to walk it out. You're going to walk it out. I'm called to be the head and not to tell. That's in me. I know that that's God. So whatever decision that I make, I am the head and not the tell. I am the head and not the tell. So if the word of God is in you, that's what you're going to walk out. He says to draw, to fill it up and to draw it out. Draw from that endless supply of the spirit. When Jesus met the woman at the well, right, he, told, he gave her a new place to draw from. I love, I love her response. I'm not going to um, go there, but she, she, had, she had mentioned to Jesus, she said, I have nothing to draw from. All Jesus needs, all God needs is the empty vessel. All he needs is you. He will pour into, so if you give him yourself, he will fill you up, and now you have that endless supply of the spirits. And that's what you can draw. He gave her a new place to draw from. That's a miracle. Amen? Is somebody excited this morning? Come on, we, we need to stop drawing from past experiences. Stop drawing from um, um, crisis, right, that, um, that, that you've been into, uh, of trauma and things. like. Stop drawing for, from those things. God giving you a new place to draw from. It's that endless supply of the spirit that will never run out. It had never run out. He's saying, he's saying, so they ran out of wine. And Jesus is like, okay, here's some wine. It's totally different from the old wine. Because usually the best wine comes last. And yeah, the best wine comes last in Jesus' mind. He says, because we always choose, right, the things that run out, the things that are temporal. He said, oh. <laughs> I'm going to turn, turn this around. The best wine is going to come last. And this wine... Tastes different, looks different, and it'll never run out. It will never run out. Wow. Endless supply of the Spirit. We need to put a demand on the anointing this morning. Come on, I want you to stand with me. We 
We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.